0: welcome to Brews with Andrews, the Lancelot Andrews podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening as we discuss one of his works as well as what he has to say with the challenges facing our churches today in this world that seems to get darker and darker and more and more insane by the minute. So grab a drink, pull up a chair, and let's dive in. Michael. So I'm Father Allen, and this is Brews with Andrews.
1: We are here no longer in July.
0: Another month has passed.
1: Another month has
0: passed. Which means another sermon of Lancelot Andrews is
1: here. <laughs> what a joy that is for all of you. Anyway, it's uh, Saturday, and we're at St. Michael's, Matthews, North Carolina. I think you're going to find it sort of interesting today. <laughs>
0: it is. Here we go. I get my- Let
1: us get started here. You know, I'm so boring. I've got my Guinness again. And I'm not sure. A dog nine or so. D no, what's D9. Ezekiel
0: 2517 Black Sour
1: Ale. Oh my God!
0: Yeah. What did you find oh. oh, I got this. At Total Wine and More.
1: <laughs> it's more. <laughs> Have you had one yet? No. How is it? sour
0: I <laughs> picked it I thought it was appropriate yes uh, when you go to the beer section and I have a, bi- a Bible verse on a can on a- <laughs> <easy laughs> this has got up. to
1: be a good beer <laughs> so I'm to look it up and
0: again yes welcome to Brews with Andrews as we dive in and discuss another wonderful Ansela Andrews sermons this one we have picked in Judges 17 verse 6 and this is I looked it up this was about four months after the gunpowder plot. Oh yeah, that's it. So, in Lancelot Andrew's day... And, and tell,
1: tell them what the gunpowder plot just... For those of you that are not familiar with that and you're not Anglican, uh, yeah. that's when they were going to blow the whole government up.
0: Sound familiar? <laughs> and you wonder why this sermon Is has been selected. For today... <laughs> um, We think, oh, the times are so bad, things are getting worse and worse, and then all you have to do is scroll back to 1605 and realize it's happened before. And once again, the wisdom of Solomon rings true, there's nothing new under the sun. And this was Andrew's response, to a degree, after the gunpowder plot was unsuccessful. Right. He was grateful to have a king, and that's where we are. He is going to be preaching in front of King James, who was there and did not get blown up.
1: He's still still shaking, I'm sure. Still
0: not sure about going to work. But nonetheless, the verse out of Judges 17, verse 6, and it repeats itself a couple times, is, in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eye. I have to say it's that. just the news. I have to say, that's what I see on the news
1: these days. Yeah, I think it's sort of, internal news, that's sort of what you see. And you know what even gave more impact? I haven't told you this, I was saving it. Uh, the day that he gave this sermon, mm-hmm. the moon, uh, there was an eclipse, and uh, it would have stained a deep red color. <laughs> so we had the heavens. Sorry. Lancelot spoke. And the heavens did eclipse, and the moon was a deep red color. So it was one of those blood
0: moons.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, so so all kinds of, you know, you're pretty good when you can do a sermon and you get the heavens to respond.
0: So, what we have is Lance Andrews speaking God's truth into a time that was quite as tumultuous as our own. There were civil riots where they're trying to blow up the government. There's the blood moon going, and Ansel and Andrews starts this sermon off saying, Well, we can take joy and comfort for us because there is a king in Israel. Um, let's just get our let's get our minds, let's get our souls rightly centered on what God's truth says, not looking completely at just the spirit of the age, but going yeah. if you want to speak to the times, speak the eternals. And so he's looking at what the the
1: eternal word has revealed, and he sort of starts it off of as, uh, "What is it to have?" I'm talking about a king, no better way to make us truly to value, than by feeling a while how great a plague, it is to be without. Yeah, and that's it.
0: He to summarize this sermon, we give you it in a nutshell, because a Andrew's, big nut. It's a big <laughs> nut. But. I mean, Andrews is right. You don't you don't know the need of something until it's not there.
1: Right. Exactly. Um,
0: like it or hate it, the way humanity's been created is we need a both spiritual and civil head. Hey. The way it is, and Andrews is going to point that out. But to summarize our sermon uh, preached on March twenty fourth, sixteen o six, it is. Looking at the historical point of God's people in the Old Testament, in which it became most clear of both their need for a king and God's desire to establish one, Bishop Andrews examines both the negative effects produced in the lives of men and women who are without a king, such as encouraging their propensity for misusing religion, liberty, and behavior, (laughs) And then he also looks at the positive effects of having a king, which is preventing idolatry and cultural syncretism of God's people. And syncretism just means you become unrecognizable to the world around you. And that is where it is. And as Father Michael has said, the introduction begins, you really don't know how bad it is until you go without it. And that is the point in which we look in. He makes the comment that there's such a blessing that we live in, and we now in our position to take for granted that we do have a king, um, the Messiah, in Israel. And then under him, faithful rulers such as King James, who was a scoundrel at times, but tell me one saint who wasn't. <laughs> and, but so, and then, of course, in his world, the leadership there. Over Britain. And then he will tell us as we move, well, past the passage you talked about. He makes reference how in Judges 17:6 and the others like it, because this same verse pops up again in 18.1, 19:1, 1, and 2125 of Judges. <laughs> and as we look into this material, we've got to understand that as we're reading through the scriptures. This point of the Bible is trying to get us ready for the book of Kings. Right. So it's not, there's a lot of things taking place in this verse, why it's important. Yes, it's important for our experience in the world, but also it's important as in reading the Bible and understanding kings are kind of part of God's plan. Right. And I know the way I was taught.
1: What did it it say uh, on the cross? Oh, the kings? King That's
0: interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that one. Yeah, okay. Especially in the Gospel of Mark. Yeah. But yes.
1: Yeah, so kings are sort of important.
0: It's always been a part of God's plan. Yes. And I think it's because of Saul that we don't. You think that, that because there's that issue where you know Samuel is like, "Oh, the people hate me, and they're not wanting to do what you want," and God says, "It's not you, it's me." Like their sin is against me, right. I'm gonna give them a king. Go tell them what a king's gonna do. Because of that, that um, event, you think, oh, kings are bad, but it's at the end of Deuteronomy that God tells them, "I'm gonna, you're gonna have kings." Like that's the goal. I'm gonna get you into the promised land. You'll have kings.
1: And I think that's important to remember as Anglicans. And uh, each morning during the morning prayer, we pray for the President of the United States and for all in authority. And, uh, but you need to pray for a king that, uh, the wisdom and strength to know and to do God's will, thy will, to fill them with love of truth and righteousness, being more godlike, and make them ever mindful of their calling to serve this people in thy fear, the fear of God and his judgment. And, uh, so just not to have a king, you need to have a good king. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that's the, that, that is the um, caveat. Yes. Yeah, but I looked it up. Deuteronomy 17, 14, and following, but really it's just verse 14. When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me, thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee. Whom the Lord thy God shall choose, one from among thy brethren, shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. And well, so on so on. We would be getting into the points of why we're thankful for the right. king in Israel. You don't have a king from elsewhere and so on. So right. what this passage is pointing to is really just God's plan for peace on earth. It's going to involve a king he knows. for God's people.
1: This is really tough for Elvis fans to accept. Well, he was the king. I was
0: the king.
1: <laughs> and, Go ahead. I'm no, sorry.
0: No, it was fine. But then, by way of introduction to this sermon, he opens it up saying, We benefit from kings. This is, and this has always been a part of God's plan. So, again, this is right after the gunpowder plot where everybody tried to buck the government. And he says, no, you can't do that for multiple purposes. If you try to get rid of these authoritarian measures, you're actually working against the will of God. That's just the way he wants it. And two, that if you don't have that authority, things are going to get out of hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Turn on the news. This is, as he would say, if there is no king in the land it's going to get nasty and that's what we move into the the main part and meat of this passage is the effects of the effects upon a people who are without a king
1: and who make their own little little king their own little idols and and they run with that for a while
0: yeah I mean so what he'll say is here's how things are going to go if there is no king an individual's perception is king essentially yeah. I mean, every, every man a king, if there isn't a king. And on top of that, in that position, their hand is going to be more want to stray and do whatever's within their power.
1: And it sort of goes in deeply about the eye, uh, that if the eye sees just what the eye sees without knowing really what the eye is seeing, uh, that it will lead the hand to, to, to wander and to go astray and uh so you need to you need to see the truth and then you need to do the truth and uh, he sort of ties them together the high, the eye and the hand
0: well and again that's sin in general i mean he he'll, he'll tie it he'll tie it back to eve and say look she saw the fruit and in her own perception thought is what she needed and therefore it's in her eye, her being eye. her king, then she can do whatever she wills is right and wrong, and she grasps for it. And So that seems to be the pattern. Right. That, and Andrews is saying, you know, without that king, we will never grow beyond the fall.
1: And he actually, I mean, there's a part of it is that the good or evil estate of religion doth much depend on the having or having not a king. And uh, so he puts it right there for you that uh, if, if you want an evil state, go without a king.
0: Well, and I think this is also, you want, you want an evil state, you get rid of the king. Right. In the contemporary church model, uh, you don't hear a lot about Jesus being king. Right. Um, so in a sense, we've all kind of, we've removed Jesus from that kind of position and placed him more in the area of our, you know, our Savior apart from right. that kind of thing. Yeah. And so therefore you're still able to do whatever you want. Um, yeah. You haven't actually.
1: But division, on to... what you're saying. The,
0: well, yeah, I mean, what's
1: good in your own eye.
0: Yeah, so as he would put it, I like it. At the first, one would think that it were a merry world if every man might do what he listed that there were no harm in the world. They be fair words all, right, and doing right, and the eye, the fairest member, not an evil word amongst them. You think this is going... It would be great if everybody could just do what they wanted. Everybody would be fulfilled.
1: And he actually finishes at the same... paragraph. The next paragraph he says, So much mischief cometh there in Israel... Our say where there is no king. So he's really pounding this point without uh, the king, without authority, without right and wrong, uh, you know, the law and everything else, uh, you're asking for trouble. Well,
0: I think it's trouble because, as, as you say, nature abhors a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't not be there. So right. if you don't have the God-approved king, ruling the eyes and hands of his people, uh, then, well, everybody's going to be fighting for the throne. And the first thing we want to put up there is our odds. Whatever seems right to me, whatever I see to be good, and that's, I mean, that's the beauty of this here, is everyone thinks they're doing good.
1: Their own eyes should be their director as to what was right. You know, he's saying it looks good. Looks good, you know. Sounds good. it has got to be good.
0: Except the problem is, is the eye is not a competent judge, <laughs> as Andrews tries to remind us. Um, if the huh. eye is a is not a competent judge, for it sees illusions. Yeah, and I think that's the the beauty of Ecclesiastes and Solomon. Vanity of vanity. So vanity, the and vanity. And vanity In the Hebrew words, is havel, havelim. You know. It's the vapor of vapors. Like, it looks like something that you could hold on to and use, but then it's just an illusion. There's nothing in it to actually add to it. And so, if you don't have, you don't have a king there pointing out what's right and wrong for God's people, you're going to be misled just because <laughs> you're the main sense you're going to use to live your life will be what, see, what you see fit for you, and you can't trust it.
1: He's got down here a sense of humor a little bit. Uh, Some it may be, perhaps, the eagle's eye, but shall allow the owl in all. (laughs) So, you know, the quality of what you're seeing with your eyes. Uh, Many mishappened kinds of right shall have that has to be allowed, yea, otherwise, many of the contrary ones to the other. So it, uh, it may seem, it may look right and all and that.
0: And he doesn't, you don't have to think. I mean, he goes into giving examples of where eyes have led the people, especially in the book of Judges, wrong. Mm-hmm. So the first instance where God says, man, wish I had a fast forward button and I could just put a king in Israel. Andrew's take. God, this is the the lord is longing to hurry up and place a king in israel at this point and it's gotten so bad and you can see why and so this instance in chapter 17 is with micah and micah there's no king in israel so he, goes, he makes Let's, one He's screwed. <laughs> you know I'm going to make my own church yeah i, I don't want to have to go he
1: shouldn't pay the priests very much either <laughs> I didn't.
0: I'm going to build me a church. I'm going to buy me a priest, and I'm going to do my
1: thing. Why not? Make the idol out of gold, all yeah. Of yeah.
0: And, well, so Micah and his mama, <laughs> um, in their eyes, it seems good just to make some graven images. Huh? That look nice and, and built a whole religion around it. I mean, this is early Scientology. It
1: had to look pretty cool, man. <laughs>
0: And he it looks, looks religious, round
1: his ears. Got a priest up there. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so and it's not just so Micah is doing again most What what we do. Which what we do, like the what's so evil about our world is that everyone committing it thinks they're doing good.
1: Right.
0: So all the protests what we turn on the news right now, it's not these people think they're doing <clears throat> the right thing in their own not. And same way in the scriptures here, Micah thinks he's doing a great thing. Yeah, oh yeah. So, he's very proud of it. And without a king, you can't know truly what is right and wrong for the people. You need some standard, because we get misled. I mean, the folks that have done the protest and riots in our own day and age and end up killing people, they honestly think they're doing the right thing.
1: Well, Killing them so, in the name of religion.
0: No individual person is doing it out of evil. If they honestly think that they need to take this severe action and do what is right.
1: Do just you know? just as went on during the just Reformation.
0: The Reformation, and that, I mean in England here. Yeah. The guys doing the gunpowder plot. Yeah. They thought this thing so. They're out of bringing hell.
1: the Pope back. We're
0: going <laughs> to blow this joint, literally. And again, they're not doing it for evil's sake, they're doing it for what's good. To reestablish and what they thought was right. The human eyes do not see what is good. Right. And so with Micah, and then he shows about the men in Dan who, you know, they just, they saw nothing uh, except what was right for them. So they come in and want to take everything. They pay better, at least. Yeah, Maurice. they did. Freeze yeah. um, takes them up on it. And then, of course, he jumps to the end of Judges, where, you know, the, the group gangbangs the concubine, <laughs> chomps her up, it's the what was right. <laughs> And so this is what happens when a when a king is not establishing and holding God's people accountable to God's revealed truth. They are going to say, well, I, I see this religion is good for me, or this economic decision is good for me, or this lifestyle is good for
1: me. And scripture is a story of seeing this over and over and over again.
0: Uh, and so that's your eye your if... If God's king is not the moral ruler of your life, your eye will be, and you can get misled. And really, as Andrews would highlight with the book of Judges, in these three areas, you're going to be able to tell God what religion's right for you. You're going to try to tell God um, what economic decisions are right for you. Right. Dan trying to expand their kingdom, and I mean, on the sexual world, you're going to be like the folks there of that are take in the concubine and tell God what lifestyle is right for
1: you and and it's nothing new no it repeats and that's what Andrew's is trying to show here it's yeah. just over and over and over again God shows us uh, when you go astray from him uh, then you are astray from him and you're left to your own your own God and your own idols the and worst,
0: the worst thing God can do is go hands off yeah let say, you know what? You don't want me in my way as the king? Have at it. And where it happens in Deuteronomy 32 with all the nations at the Tower of Babel, just hands them off.
1: Yeah, this sort of goes to a saying that I was using a few months ago. People looked at me like I was nuts, and they're probably right. Uh, but uh, it's almost, when God does that, he's almost letting satan destroy himself he's giving the rope to hang himself and and you look now what's going on in society uh it the evil just feeds upon the evil and it grows and it grows and it multiplies and uh sooner or later god will get us back in line we pray and uh but uh, we're being shown now what it's sort of like to be in total chaos where you're Destroying your history, and and whether it be good or bad, we learn from history. Uh, That's why we have scriptures, to learn from that. And uh, uh, So when you start burning books and doing all that kind of stuff, uh, it's going a little bit to the extreme, and it shows how lost we are.
0: Well, and you see it. I think we're at a point in the the curve of rebellion Mm -hmm. that, just as Andrew says, in our time, we've already, we've gone past the stage of the eye, and we're getting into the area of the hand. Right. That's the next thing to go. Um, you. You see it, then you, you do it. You by what you see to be right. Um, and enter, in our day and age, into the world of social justice. Everything's based off of what you see, not what you think. Right. right. It's being, what's been told or revealed, and so you have to base it off of what you see. And then, we're beyond that point now, because now we're starting to use our hands to do what our eyes thought. Right. Was right. And
1: Not even reflecting on if you're seeing properly.
0: For, for here at this breaketh in the whole sea of confusion, when the hand followeth the eye, and men proceed to do as lewdly as they see perversely. Welcome to our world. We do the route of, we fought day after day after day. We do exactly as Eve, as Micah, as the men of Dan, and as the people of Gibeah.
1: And he continues, Therefore, if a bad eye light upon a hand that hath strength, and there be not Rex, a king, Specifically, it was a title of the kings of ancient Rome or the stronger bar, it will be done. And so you just, you know, that yeah. might makes right. And uh, you see it over and over and over.
0: Yeah, and, and so it's, this is almost, I think it was Augustine that talked about people who are fawning over the innocence of a little infant child. Right. He goes, oh no. They're as wicked as all of us. If their limbs were strong enough, they'd strangle us. <laughs> and so it's, I had that image in my head. And it's just. Uh, we.
1: Yeah. And, uh, but he goes, he goes on from Dan to the others. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, so he just sets up the yes. narrative.
0: Michael, or not Michael, Micah um, liked an idol well. Micah had a good purse. He told out 200 shekels. And so up went the idol. His hands got busy. It seemed right to him. Built him another idol. Don't pay attention to that scripture that's come before this. Yeah. Uh, no, that doesn't matter. Just whatever seems right to you, you do it. And then second, the men of Dan liked well of spoiling. I mean, you want to get-rich-quick plan, go rob the Middle East of all its oil. Right. Just don't care. Yeah. Just bomb them rip, them, rip them to pieces. They did it. They they were well-appointed. Their swords were sharp. Um, and they did it. And then number three, they have given to their lust. Rape seems a small matter. Welcome to our culture. They were a multitude, no resisting them. So they committed the abominable villainy. That's it. And scripture tells us the reason people are so prone to give in to this debased nature is their they would say there's no king in Israel. That's what. That, that's the problem that all of us is being laid at the feet of. It's not that these people weren't educated enough. It wasn't that these people weren't moral enough. It's beyond them. Without this extra step added to their lives, they can actually do no other thing.
1: So he then tells us, for no man's soul shall be safe if idolatry go up, if robbery, rape, and murder be right, what is wrong? <laughs> be, I mean, we're we we're have, talking about party oh man. <laughs> is, yeah,
0: I, I'm off that whole paragraph. Yeah, uh, that's... Land of
1: confusion. Yes. Um, when any
0: any man do anything, which is the next door to confusion, they confusion itself. And that's the world I was in. The problem? There's no king. And we keep saying that phrase, but let's face it that's the scripture, basis scripture repeats this thing four times in one book <laughs> um, trying to get the message because the idea is this is bad it's just, if there was only a king idolatry wouldn't happen if there was only a king nations would not war, war against nations if there was only a king then people could keep their sexual perversions at bay right. time and time again and so it's, it's laid out here that if these things are happen happening, there is no adequate king there. And I think that same critique falls on the church when our statistics are no different than the world around us. Right. Um, and when it comes to divorce or sexual addiction or any other addiction, like, we haven't actually accepted the king. No. We're just rolling around, doing our
1: No, own thing we're... Uh, we're following, trying to do laws without mean, a king. You
0: mean you, you hold up the scripture and say, this is what God has revealed. No, I think I'm just going to build my own church over here. Right. And I'm going to do what's right in my own eyes. Uh,
1: he said, do what?
0: Yeah. Said, <laughs> and, which is, a, according to this, a sure sign that there is no legitimately accepted king over the hearts of those people. And yeah. he gets into the remedy here.
1: But Before, he also says, and that state is the hazard to our souls
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, uh, so it's not just the physical it's the soul that we're destroying with all of this
0: yeah. and the only remedy apart from that kingship he would say so here it is number one problem is the eye number second problem is the hand that follows the eye and then third is when that, that force becomes unstoppable and the remedy, of course, is the king that can step in and become really a, a litmus test to let you, hopefully, if you're not too far gone, it can, it can become an eye salve, as he would say, to help you overcome your blindness to the truth and what is right. If that doesn't happen, if you can't do that, he can give you some discipline and lead you by the hand to show you the right way. <coughs> um, and if not, you got to restrain the hand. So that's how the king can step in. And that brings us into his point number two, or on the outline, the cause. What, what leads to all this? And there's no king.
1: Well, he's got here uh, uh, where heaven and hell both are in agreement. That is the cause. That away with the king. That is their only way. That uh, uh, so heaven knows it, hell knows it, and uh, that's why you know hell unfurls, unfurls hell to us with all this stuff. That uh, it's a spiritual battle in all of this, with a, with the hand and the eye and the will. And, uh, so, but they both agree that uh, without a king. Uh, that, that there is chaos.
0: Yeah, that's, that was the out of the mouth of the enemy. I think that's where I have there.
1: Yes, um, yeah. That's, that's uh, the, what
0: was, I have it highlighted here. This is all the work of the devil um, and the spiritual forces in this world. And so seeing, as he hath a sign that only for the call, we will not be wiser than he but rest ourselves in it. So God has assigned the cause of all of this mischief and sin and rebellion is there is no king. We can't come up with a better excuse. We don't we don't need a better um, you know, education program. We don't need any of here this problem. program or that program. But right, yeah, well, we it, need God. Here is your problem. Right? <laughs> here it is. And so we would be all the wiser to listen to God who's trying to say you need a king. You need a king. You need a king. Or rather, for that um, out of the mouth of the enemy, we have as much. For these miscreants, whom he sets on, work to bring realms to confusion and to root out religion. That everyone may do, that is good in their own eyes. To this point, they all drive. there be no king. Um, Why do you think the world hates religion so much? That's the first step in getting rid of the king. Um, because that's the chief role. And so all of that a little loaded paragraph, he moves into talking about the king specifically, what we need. Um, the cause of all of this is for being in want of a king. So this first thing is, there's no king to keep religion from idolatry. Lives and goods and safety and vessels in honor. I think that's how he, he breaks down to say, look, let's just be honest. God's people, just like all the nations, need a supreme authority to tell them right and wrong. It's just God's design, and what the king's supposed to do is to make sure God's people do not stray into idolatry. I mean, we're so far from
1: this. To keep them, to keep us in equilibrium. I mean, this equilibrium, is, yeah. and uh. to
0: keep lives and people's goods and safety. And vessels and honor. And so it's, it's a crazy way to think of, I guess, with the American imagination. We're so far from this. I mean, a good president would be one that um, is doing what we pray that they would do every day. and is that realizing that they're there to do the will of God. Well, the will of God is to, well, pure religion is this to take care of the widow and orphan and keep yourself unstained from the world. And so we'd be trying to set up a world like that. But that's still, that's such an ideal compared to where we're at.
1: Oh, um, we have so far to go, that's for sure.
0: And, but yet, here's what scripture says, you need this. And, and no matter what, in our day and age, every president of the United States would have to see themselves as under the king of kings. Christ the Messiah, Jesus, who has ascended with all power and authority, and it's got to trickle down from there. and Hence, all of our
1: prayers are trying to get him there. Yeah, I, I can remember. I've got it's somewhere over at the rectory. I think it's a book of prayers that was preached before Congress before each session, like in nineteen fifty-four or something. Yeah. And it's amazing the the the, uh, the foundation. Well, uh, on all those prayers his ruling and kings and authority and all of that and
0: uh well and that's you mentioned that date 1950s i mean that 1940 1950s that's where the gospel message of scripture that jesus is king got changed to jesus has come and died for you so that you can go to heaven right and so i mean you see the attacks on the message of christianity really right there in the 50s like no other and so the fact that you have that book showing you what the faith looked like at that point and then we just started
1: stacking, we just, it,
0: stacking it high and selling it low um,
1: well it uh, we've we've turned a lot of things upside down and uh, uh, taking away the understanding that uh, Jesus is to be the ruler of our lives uh, and everything. and uh, if our lives and that of the country and everything else, and uh,
0: if so our, if our present rulers could understand that they serve him as supreme ruler, instead right, of serving and themselves, actually doing as he did, right. well, then, I mean, that really would be thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So that he would tell you the role of all civil government on earth is to make sure the true religion is represented. You can't say the Judo Christian religion is equal to Islam or Hindu or anything. Right. You can't play these games. No. Um,
1: there is one king.
0: Scripture just puts it out right there. Right. Um, and so you're dealing with idolatrous religion. You're dealing with safety and goods. We're okay with that, more or less. Um, and, but here's the other one we don't want them to touch. Andrews, and showing the book of Judges, is saying if you had a A true king would make sure that humanity, I guess to be vulgar, can understand in-holes and out-holes. Right. um, And understand covenantal relationships. Right. We say we want to keep the government out of our bedrooms, but at least according to Scripture, it's showing you that you you kind of of need their help. Because if you're living by just what feels right and seems right, you're going to get it wrong.
1: Well, then nothing's right. If Right. If everybody's good, it's something different.
0: So what... So, what Andrews is proposing here is so countercultural to our day. <laughs> and definitely, against my personality. I don't like to be told what to do.
1: He would be banned from Facebook with uh, this. Yeah, yeah. So, that's,
0: that's just point one of what a king's supposed to do.
1: Right. The second
0: thing that the king's supposed to do is make sure God's people remain God's people.
1: Yeah. That's I mean, something really new, huh? You know, I mean, I just. You know, there, that...
0: there, there is a point that God's people can become so seeker-sensitive that they look no different than the world. Right. And Andrew is saying here, the book of Judges is showing you that God's king is to make sure that,
1: that does not happen. it has got, uh, I'm not sure where you are, I'm sort of, uh, but even to this day, do men still cast images or imaginations, all as one, in the mold of their own conceits and set up, and, and, and up they set them at least for their own household to adore they're half. They're, uh, there they have a, and hold a religion by themselves yeah. and so you know you start uh, especially for families if, if you're teaching a false religion uh, in your family uh, it's going to have ramification and impact that, uh, yeah
0: this is, it is kind of loaded in our time and age where everybody's doing house church these days. Yeah. it's the shutdown, <laughs> and you realize
1: that. I mean, I so many people are not Micah, being fed. All
0: Micah was doing was doing house church. Yeah. Um, but because he was not submitting to a higher authority, you see how bad he got it. Yeah. And we are so quick to make an image or an idol of Jesus um, where he does everything we want him to do. He's just so what he wants.
1: We he's what we want him to be, right? I mean, yeah. And instead of us being what he wants do that us to when you're
0: be. By yourself <laughs> and you're prone to it, but the other side of this, it's not just that personal religion where you see what's right for you, um, but it's where you start you start actually dabbling with other religions to say, oh, well, maybe they have this better. So it's it's not just that there was no king to do with that. There was no king in Israel, and Israel like that was God's and his inheritance and really being a part of it. Someone who identified as being a part of God's people, doing things God's way, and therefore here, because of a want of a king, Andrew says, Israel began and was fair onward to be no longer Israel, but battle. Right. Meet more and more people that, because they are more, quote, spiritual than religious, I mean, they're over here looking at Hindu breathing techniques, and I'm going. You know, at some point, you you really start looking more Eastern than you. Well, do.
1: you actually, yeah. It uh, your spirituality replaces all the it religion.
0: Grows, I mean, your spiritual spirituality will always grow into some religion. Like as soon as your body gets behind your spirit, it becomes religion. And if you've got the wrong spiritual desires, you're doing just what seems right to you it's going to grow into a completely
1: different religion than what Jesus established. And he actually says, setting up a false worship is the cause why kings were missed. And the redress of it, the cause of uh, why they were placed. And uh, he goes on down, uh, for it wants to be imagined that the cause of corrupt religion is laid on want of a king. Yeah. And so, so we're setting up all of our spirituality and everything yeah, and without was, realizing who was the king.
0: Yeah, and well, hey, what he tells you he highlights it. He goes, Look, they already had prophets. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go to any Jewish readings, you look look up who the former prophets are. They're talking about Moses and they're talking about Joshua. They're talking like and you're like, What? But that was it. I mean they had prophets. They had priests. But they didn't have kings. Right. And because there was no king well, all the preaching of the prophet and all the services of the priest couldn't do a thing to them because there was no one to actually make them do what they were hearing. They, you could, they could have the priest and the prophet double-team them and say, this is what you're supposed to do. And because there wasn't actually someone making them do it, they never did it.
1: Yeah, that's one of the, uh, the great things about our faith is, uh, within Anglicanism. As we talk over and over and over about allowing the king to get in our hearts because once he gets in your heart, then those other things, your spirituality and all will, will take a turn uh, because you have the love of Christ. You have the love of the king within you, guiding you, not just uh, leading you for, by words, but your eyesight becomes beholden to him. Your hands become beholden to him.
0: One thing I well, I guess two things come to mind. Like, you know, Ephesians calls prayer to open the eyes of our hearts. Like, mm-hmm. So until the king has access to your heart, your true eyes can't be opened. Right. reality. And then within just, I mean, all of the prayers of the church, every time we cross ourselves, you know, it's like when you're you're coming up through your basic training, you know, that prayer that, you know, it's it's our thoughts, it's our desires, and it's our actions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're trying to have all things sanctified. And to the king, brought in line with the king's ways. But again, that assumes you've accepted Jesus as your king and not just your, you know, your rescuer and your pool boy who's there to give you your drinks and refreshments. And so, the king, when you really have him, the third thing is, and it's kind of be the there's no king in Israel making sure God's people are staying like Israel, his inheritance. But there's no one to enforce and to govern and to maintain a lifestyle that loves God and loves their neighbor. I mean, that's the role of the king. Um, that I mean, the summary of the law is what the king's there to do. Make sure God's people are loving God as their supreme love and then their neighbor as themselves. That was it.
1: And, uh... You know, he he makes a point here that uh, in that idolatry came up by defect of kings, but that kings were placed to pull down idolatry and to plant and preserve the true service of God. In a word, and he goes back to Micah, there is a king in Israel that there may not be a Micah in Israel. Uh, Let the true word guide you, let the true word lead you.
0: Well, and just as I think we see this day and age, um, there is the same way in the time of Judges. Because there was no king in Israel, those who were in Israel were able to live lifestyles of idolatry and personal religion, for lack of better words. They were able to take advantage of their neighbor financially for their own gain at the hurt of their fellow neighbor and they're able to do whatever feels great and bad Mm -hmm. and that's what was going on in Judges and the same would be applied to us today although there is now a king in Israel Jesus Christ who is ascended to the throne the right hand of God um, you haven't accepted him as king if you're still doing these things and saying this is right for me
1: yeah, that's, uh, you know, you can uh, look at him and say, this is my king. But if you go out and do what you want to, he's not your king. No, yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: Um, I guess, but
1: your eyes can look up and see him on the throne, but your actions and everything else. Well, yeah. and I think
0: that's why so many of our prayers in the Anglican prayer book is, you know, Lord, give us the grace to actually do with our lives what our lips are saying. Right, um, yeah. So, cause that's the hard part.
1: Yes. Like we said before, talk's cheap. It is. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and so as we, as he concludes this sermon, he concludes with seven points of his thankfulness for having such a king.
1: His conclusion, I think, is five pages long. Yeah, it <laughs> so again, but there's some really so good, good points in
0: establishing King James's authority as the spiritual head of the people. Mm-hmm. So he's he's doing an important work. I mean, four months ago, a minority tried to blow him up. And so he's trying to open their eyes to see the goodness of the king that God had provided in King James the First. Sure, there could have been plenty better kings, as there always can be. But at the same time, this is the one That forever. God has put there for us. And so yeah. he's trying to get the people to see it. That in fact, one, they have a king. And <laughs> not and not just that, it's a singular king, too. Like, we don't have, you know, like the Roman church when it really went crazy and they had like three popes. Popes, yeah, you know I'm yeah. Saying? I'm pope. No, yeah. you're pope. Um, and he says, no, no, we don't have a, you know, a community up there ruling us. It's just one king. And on top of that, he is a singular king, and he's he's a local, non-foreign king. We didn't get this guy from France. Um, so.
1: And he, he is that section with, this is the will of God that ye be subject to your king. Yes.
0: <laughs> he just, I mean, It's
1: not rocket science.
0: I mean, just be grateful for it. Because in their day and age, they had a singular, non foreign Christian king who had a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. At least when he was sober. And he was wise. He couldn't be hijacked and manipulated. He was seeking peace. At least he wasn't trying to gunpowder people. Right. And
1: he sat through Andrew's sermons, I tell you.
0: successor, a kingdom that will not end. Right, a plan. And so it can be handed down, in which that is what
1: we have in Jesus as king. Yeah, and uh, when he's got uh, uh, not only the reigning king, you know, he can come down through blood, by semen, as he's got, family of kings. Uh, In other words, uh, there's an order, orderly transition of that godliness from one As we're told in Scripture, from one generation to the next.
0: And I think that's why we will always, in our liturgy and our service to the King, as we praise Jesus as the King of this world, we will always refer to him as the kingdom um, without end. Mm -hmm. It's going from one generation to the next. Like, this is it. Right. And we don't have to worry what happens if a new one comes. Well, there's not a new one. Right. Um, This is the law of the land, and we can count on that. And again...
1: As long as the kings are subject to the king.
0: Yeah, and I think um, this has been lost in our day and age, because you just don't hear about... When you try to get someone, as my Baptist friends would say, when you're out there trying to save souls, you don't say, typically, you just need to accept Jesus as your king. Like That's what's going to save you. Yeah. But, yet, that's the Pledge of Allegiance that Scripture calls for in faith. And that's, we had mentioned, as you asked at the beginning of this podcast, um, what did it say at the top of the cross? (laughs) King of the Jews. There's a point, there's a purpose of Mark especially, in that up until Jesus, coming before Pilate, he's never called a king. But then as soon as he's before Pilate and thereafter, he's called a king six times. Yeah. Like, the message is, he is now king.
1: And it was put in all the different languages. He he uh,
0: has been proven and shown worthy to be the king to rule God's people because after three and a half years uh, of running, running the course faithfully of putting evil at bay, he has been there. And so, you know... I gave you that article in the three parts. All no, the three parts like What sorry. makes a Jewish king. Right. And Mark's showing you, by the time, when you get to the end of his gospel, <laughs> and you're reading, King, king, so are you a king? You say I'm a king. There's a <laughs> king on top of the cross. Um, he's wearing robes and putting crowns. Like All of this is to show you that here's the king of Israel. There he is, people. And the fact that he is being elevated and ascended um, shows that here's the king, finally.
1: King of kings.
0: and so all the world needs to do is to accept their king, Him as their King, and all of this stuff can be put set right.
1: And I've got a whole paragraph highlighted here. I'm go for it. Okay, so uh, uh, this sort of speaking to us today, I guess why I highlighted it all, as there cannot be a greater plague to a land than to be no King so is there not a higher benefit that God bestoweth on any people to be fairly blessed from in it than for removing from us so many mischiefs and for preserving to us the opposite blessings, for freeing us from that misery and not only conveying but in telling to us And ours, this happiness. For this, for this, are we all now meet here in his presence, every man to put his thanks into one common stock, and so all jointly to offer it up unto God, that at this day sent us a king in Israel. And uh, so, after all the confusion and all the plots to blow everything up. Uh, you know, this day, he finally has sent us a king in Israel, and we need to acknowledge that. We all have that.
0: That's the, that's the only thing that can make us equal. Right. Is to have one authority over
1: us. Yeah, Well, equal before the king.
0: And, um, and so what's needed is not some social justice reparations or whatever you call it. Everybody needs to accept Jesus king, the ruler, and then when we're under him as the nation, well then, we're all equal.
1: You know, wouldn't that just be scary, if have a king, and the hungry would be fed, the naked would be clothed, and what a terrible right. thought.
0: When you realize <laughs> that, like, if I actually do wrong to you, right. and the king's going to take it out of me, right. well that yeah, if we both understand that we're equally under the king, we'll we're be equal servants, right well, then I'm not going to take advantage of you. Our, our, yeah, that's why... My, uh, my serving you as myself is actually good for the kingdom.
1: And that just gives even more credence with uh, Martin Luther King, free at last, free at last. Yeah. We're all free, we're all equal under the king.
0: And yeah, we just accept him. Yeah. But as long as we continue to reject the kingship that is there, which is demonstrated by the fruits of confusion and lewdness... Um, there's nothing that can be done. I mean we're going to continue to suffer under the wrath of God. And wrath of God being like Romans one, where it says the wrath of God's being revealed even now, as God the, just says, hands off.
1: The the wrath of God is not been for him not being there is yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, his his absence is his wrath (laughs) he's not there it
0: would be like me going hands off to all those crazy kids back at the house (laughs) they are going to injure themselves if I I refuse to be a parent Um, and so it's the same way with humanity if they continue to reject him his will and his kingdom uh, then he goes hands off and we destroy ourselves there's only two kinds of people in this world according to C.S. Lewis (laughs) those who ultimately tell God thy will be done and those whom God finally tells thy will be done you know you don't want me as king? Fine you be king of your life and destroy yourself here's the rope, hang
1: it you know and then we talk about uh, in our own eyes and stuff and there was something here then that uh, uh, he's talking about earlier chapters but who did that which was evil in God's eyes. That's the eyes you need to be seeing through. That's
0: it. Yeah. I mean, because our eyes are just not confident judges. Well. I mean, that's the story of Scripture. David and Bathsheba. I, them eyes got him in trouble. <laughs> um, and it's the, I had it highlighted in my nose. It seems like uh, St. John, his epistle when it talks about all that there is in this world. It's the the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the pride of life. When St. John says, you know, do, don't cover the things of the world because all that's in the world is this. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be time and time again, he talked about Eve, but even the angels in Genesis 6 um, who see the daughters of men and think, look, look, yeah, right. And and then and, they saw know, it, and then they got the hands. <laughs> and this is what and this is the way the devil like, that's his campaign, and that's when he when he tries to tempt Christ in the garden, it's like, hey, see this big rock? Yeah. It could be some bread. Yeah. Um, like he he's going for trying to get Christ to use his eyes rather than the eyes of the heart, to see reality.
1: That's one of the things, it's uh, a soft topic, but with the, the passion of Christ, I remember Mel Gibson was being interviewed and they were talking about the the, the devil and, and the passion and uh, how he sort of made it mysterious and that's what he, he was saying, he said evil, Satan, the devil, whatever, can appear so beautiful to the eye. Oh, uh, uh, well, and to
0: the ears too, Yeah. I've made that a side comment. I was like, man, the devil's voice is so sweet. Yeah. that little whisper in my Right. Ear, I mean, it's just my soul. Yeah.
1: Worse, Come on in.
0: Worse than a, a midnight sales thing on TV saying, you need
1: this. Uh, I don't know if anything's worse than that. <laughs> uh, like,
0: no, so, but there is a king in Israel. His name's Jesus Christ. And God's people and the world... So bad in the day of Israel, people. Well, and Judges, they didn't have a king, and because there wasn't one. But in our day, there is a king. We just don't have him as our king.
1: Well, how our evil is keeping us from letting people go to church. The evil has scared people See, to death to where they're afraid to go to church.
0: But The thing is, it's not we, evil. They think they're doing what is right. Right, it, this but is it, but the right it's to do. that's and
1: because they're not. We don't have a king right now.
0: We don't have Jesus. As
1: and uh, you know as, we've as we've as taken God's. the king out of the schools, we've we've taken the people out of his churches, and mm-hmm. uh, the only way we're going to get all this back is through Jesus Christ. And yes, uh, we
0: got to we got to do what um, those hobbits did in the Lord of the Rings. I brought my copy.
1: <laughs> He's got a million t- tabs on I there. Love <laughs> it. Yeah,
0: as the um, when Frodo is. This is during the. <laughs> Unlike the movies, the book, you know, when they go back to the Shire, the Shire has been scorched and destroyed, and evil men have come in and ruled it. And you've got great quotes, like, by Sam, who says, If I hear one more time that that's not allowed, I'm going to get mad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel that
0: way. Um, But So when they're trying to take the Shire back, um, Frodo says... You know, he's telling the ruffians, the men who are there, look, the dark tower has fallen and there is a king in Gondor. All all evil has been destroyed. Like you guys are just slow to get the message. Right. And I think we live in a day and age where we have a king in Israel, and the evil powers that have been stripped of all power and authority have now crept into anywhere they can grasp at any power. Yeah, any the glory they can get. And the people are suffering for it. And we got
1: to have the chutzpahs frodo had just to say, look, there is a king. This is reality. Right. Get the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh sort of like uh, at the end of what was it, World War II and they kept finding Japanese soldiers on islands and no, they didn't know the war yes. was over. <laughs> um, <laughs> they would do it right what was in their own eyes. <laughs> yes, no, here it is. So, yeah. Well, anyways,
0: that is Save the King, Episode Four of Our
1: Brews with Andrew. Yeah, thank you for joining us, and uh, we did think this is appropriate for for this time because uh, we feel like um, we have uh, many of our peop- uh, people in our churches uh, in our country and everything else are lost and they're searching for a King. He's here. Yeah. Uh, come and visit him.
0: Awesome. <laughs> The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit.
1: Dear Lord, we uh, give thee thanks for this time to gather in thy name and to, uh, uh, to promote the goodness of your your kingship over all of your creation. Uh, help us to, uh, to do what is right in thy will and to give ourselves totally, just not in words, but in our lives to thee. In thy name, Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen. Amen. That's a wrap. Uh,